<laughs> oh, the news I woke up to this morning. AEW has added a match to tonight's lineup on Dynamite, and it is a doozy. Remember Everize from NXT? Well, they're known as 2.0 now, and they've teamed up with Daniel Garcia for a match on tonight's episode of Dynamite. Their opponents, John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, and Darby Allen. Let's hope 2.0 and Garcia aren't being paid by the minute. I'm Ryan Joy, and I run MinutesToBellTime.com, website, database, tracking pro wrestling from around the world. On today's show, we're going to have a little fun and talk about John Smith's favorite tag team, 2.0, formerly known as Everrise. John Smith's in the house. We've got headlines in the last 24 hours, and this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for August 4th, 2021, where we sort through all the bullshit in wrestling news to find you the truth. And one more thing. Everrise rules. You want taste? <laughs> Welcome to the show, John Smith. Good morning. Good morning. Two point eight rules. Like, no, this is crazy. I, I don't know. It's hard what to say, but I guess the main story here is Everrise. They were laid off last month or in June, and. They have materialized on AEW Dynamite tonight. Not even AEW Dark. They just skipped the line, went straight to Dynamite. And no worries, we're not going to challenge the Jurassic Express. We're not going to challenge the the wingmen. We're not going to challenge any of the any of the guys down here. We're going to. How about John Moxley? He want to taste? <laughs> oh man, I'm so excited about this. I've been keeping up with them on their little 10 minute show that they do every week on uh, YouTube. The show rules, I think it's called now. It used to be called, I think, Everrise Live. Everrise Live, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, that was fun. That was good because they, they did a pre-show for NXT once, and that was even fun. But WWE was silly to let them go, and I'm so excited to be watching them. I know. They're now known as Jeff Parker and Matt Lee. That's Chase Parker and Matt Martell. Now they are Jeff Parker and Matt Lee. Let's, we can you call a spade here, right? They're going to get absolutely squashed in this match, but they're going to do it in the most fun way possible. Absolutely. And it's not going to be like a two-minute squash. It's just, They're going to be getting batted around like a cat playing with a mouse, you know, for 10 minutes. And they'll, they'll get a few shots in. They'll look good a couple times with a couple double teams or whatever, showcase what they can do. According to what we you just looked up, we they're not under contract. This is a, apparently like a one-time deal. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So there's... We haven't got the 2.0 is all elite graphic or anything like that. We haven't got uh, Matt Lee and Jeff Parker are all elite. This is just a, and, and Danny Garcia, who is they're going to be tagging with. He's, you know, those two guys, they're from Montreal. Danny Garcia, he's upstate New York. So it makes sense. They're kind of from the same region. So they'll be teaming together. None of them are signed or anything. And the promo that they did on Twitter was, was pretty good and poor Daniel Garcia, he did not fit in that. It was like one of these things does not belong here. Those guys have a really high energy that he's a little, not so much. I guess. They're, they're charisma machines. So if you know, if you can't match it, then you just look like you're out of place. Yeah. It made them look really good. That's what, that's kind of what I thought is like, these guys look like they can really cut a good promo, but it's a comedic promo most of the time. Like even that was, they were trying, they were like serious, cutting like serious promo, but it was funny in the same time. Cause it's, cause it's not. Yeah, because they have this overinflated view of themselves. That's their whole thing. Exactly. Exactly. 
2.0 rules. Why don't we get into the, just uh, since we're talking about AEW now, let's get into the, the lineup for tonight. There's a few things going on. We are sitting here trying to debate. Do you think that's going to be the match that opens the show? Absolutely. Yeah. Cause they always like to get the crowd warmed up with wild thing or Jungle boy, but I don't think Jurassic Express is on this show this week. No, Christian Cage is though. He's fighting the blade. So Jurassic Express will probably be with him along with Hardy family office with the, with the blade. This is true. Yeah. But I, yeah, I think they'll start off with the Moxley match with Ever Rise and we'll get a nice fun 15 minutes out of that. And hopefully it turns into Ever Rise getting themselves a contract 2.0, sorry, 2.0 getting themselves a contract. Yeah. I, what would that look like if they got a contract? Would it be a situation where you think like, so they had the wingmen and you've got, so you got like JD Drake and you've got, uh, Peter Avalon and Cesar Benoni. And Ryan Nemeth, you got those guys that are kind of like a, I don't know, they're regulars on the show, but they're not, most of those are not assigned talent either, but they're regulars and they're like the job squad. Would those guys elevate up, you think, and start getting some wins? And these guys would be like the backfill so that they had, so this is the team they would beat. I don't know if these guys are signed and those guys aren't, I feel like the signed guys are the ones that would, maybe they would just take the place of the wingmen instead of being beaten by them. I, I don't see ever the 2.0 coming in and like dominating or even like going 50, 50. I think they're going to pretty much lose out for a while. And it's going to be a very fun ride. If it happens, I hope they get multiple appearances. I hope it's not a one and done and already from that promo Twitter that you can go out and watch at AEW's Twitter. Very good stuff already. So yeah, lots of hype online about it. AEW likes getting the, the mentions and the retweets and stuff. So that's, it could be a good thing. Absolutely. So the rest of Dynamite tonight is Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes. This will be Malachi Black's debut match with the company. He's been out there a few times, you know, getting involved with Cody. And it, it always begs the big question in these Cody matches. I know we go from your favorite tag team to like your least favorite wrestling. But Malachi Black wrestling Cody Rhodes. Does Cody Rhodes, is Cody Rhodes going to let Mal, is Malachi Black going to win this match? I know you on the Essential Wrestling Podcast. You pick Cody Rhodes to win this, but yeah, it's kind of my gimmick though. It's always oh, Cody booking if Cody wins, but I would not be surprised if they actually had, uh, Malachi Black win this one. He should win this one. There's no reason to have, bring him in buried right away. It's not like he was, a like a big WWE champ that they want to say our guys are better than WWE guys or something like that. He was misused by WWE. So, you know, he kind of along the lines of Brody Lee a little bit. Right bit of a chip on his shoulder, something to prove. And they, and I think they want him to be like that Brody Lee, Brody Lee level. Like they don't want him to be down the card. So he has a better shot at getting some important wins. And Hey, he might be a guy that we have Miro go up against and have a competitive match. Miro does, he's fighting Lee Johnson on tonight's episode of Dynamite. And that's going to be similar to the Everize match for reading. But maybe Malachi Black is a guy down the road, a couple months that he'll get a, a, TNT championship match, especially if he beats Cody, the first ever TT champion. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it only makes sense. You're not going to have him challenge Omega because they're both heels. So I think the world championship is in the distant future for Malachi Black, but you want to put some gold on him eventually. And how, how do you not have him, have Miro lose to somebody like him? But at the same time, that's heel on heel. So how they work that angle, who knows, but I, I trust them to be able to make it happen. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. And like we already mentioned Miro versus Lee Johnson, there's no news there. That's going to be a complete destruction of Lee Johnson. 
the Bunny versus Layla Hirsch in the NWA Women's World Championship Eliminator match, and Christian Cage versus the Blade. The big match on the show, which probably going to main event, I think, is Chris Jericho versus Juventud Guerrera. Juventud Guerrera not been on TNT in a long time, decades even. But if you uh, were to tune in when you last saw him there, he probably to see a wrestling Chris Jericho. So. It's a match two decades in the making. So, yeah, Juventud was part of the Mexicals back in the early 2000s, right? You know, that was that's a gimmick that can't go over these days. No, they're not going to be dusting that one off to bring on the show or anything like that. Yeah, coming down to the ring in a lawnmower. (laughs) We'll keep, we'll keep Hoovy Juice with his mask on, maybe. I don't know if he'll have a mask on. They have him with a mask in the graphic, but he hasn't been wrestling with that long term. But Jericho has to do a top rope move in order to win the match. He'll obviously win this, but I think the big speculation, John, any ideas who Jericho is going to wrestle in the fourth labor? Because it's four labors and then MJF, I think, is what MJF is the fifth labor, I think. I might be wrong about that, but I'm glad it hasn't just been the members of, of his squad. What's the name of the pinnacle? Yeah. But I can't even begin to think, like, who's he, could he bring somebody out of retirement, like the Sandman or something? But they already did a, a hardcore thing with Cage. And I don't know. It's, I'm excited to find out. <laughs> the only, the fun one that I can think of is Lance Storm. Lance Storm was the guy who broke in with Jericho and the first match was against each other. And they had a tag team. A lot of their early stuff was linked together. So that would be fun. But Lance has been retired for a while now. But he's been trading, so trading wrestlers. So maybe he still could do a match with Jericho leading it. I don't know. That'd be fun, though. Yeah, that'd be really fun. Before we get to the commercial, John, SummerSlam is coming up. We've got the SummerSlam special that Al Carr will be hosting on August 21st, likely to be at noon. So everybody should tune into that so they can see, hear who John thinks is going to win the matches. They can hear who I think will win the matches, and I'm leading the league in picks so you just definitely listen to me but find out who we think will win the night's matches at SummerSlam no big news about SummerSlam or even SummerSlam weekend coming out of NXT or anything yesterday are you excited about Bill Goldberg being in the in there for the WWE Championship uh uh-uh, no way I've never been excited about Goldberg I never liked him like you know he was just like because I was all like WWF back in the day. And it was like, oh, Goldberg's just a rip off Austin. And I made up my mind about that when I was 16 years old or whatever. And then when he came in, when in like the early 2000s, and you just see he's got less moves than John Cena. It's like the two moves. Hogan is the Hogan is the, uh, is the one accredited with like punch, kick, a boot, and a leg. Body slam occasionally. But yeah, Gold- Goldberg limited moveset for sure. Again, it's the same thing, though. If you were even a fan of Goldberg, you don't want to see him come in and lose to Lashley. You don't want to see him come in and beat Lashley. You just want to see him come in and squash Dolph Ziggler. They did that right a year ago or whenever they had him do that. I, I think we have universal uh, universal acceptance of those that are uh, that feeling on this show. All we, yeah, it worries me, though, that he's they keep saying, oh, it's the one title that's eluded him in his career. When the one world title that's eluded him. And if you keep saying that, then I'm going to have to end up picking him. I think it might be the pick'em pool because, ugh. like, they can have him lose the next night or something back to Bobby Lash, like, to give him that SummerSlam moment. Like, well, as far as I know, he's contracted for two matches a year, and this will be his second. So let's just hope against hope that means he will not win. <clears throat> 
so that he doesn't have to. Oh, that's news to me. I didn't realize he only had two matches a year on his contract. That's what I think the, the situation is. And he had a match at Royal Rumble. Now, I don't know. In 2020, he may not have had, he did have two matches. He had the Saudi Arabia match and he had the WrestleMania match. I don't, so hopefully that means he won't win. Otherwise, we're probably not going to see that title for six months. But, yeah, or, or maybe he's out on Raw and stuff, but then they don't put him on the pay-per-views until maybe, maybe they bump it up to Survivor Series. Yeah. Maybe they haven't worked Survivor Series one time next year. Maybe like at Royal Rumble to lose the title back or something. And then we don't see him until 2023. Gross. So let's, let's all just, our SummerSlam, our feelings are, are pretty sad. We're going to talk about SummerSlam again in the first story in the next segment. So stick with us. It'll probably be on a minute and a half, but we're going to let you know how you can support the show. We'll see you in a minute. If you love the Daily Wrestling News Show, then I want to tell you how you can support us. First, check out bodyslamclothes.com. You can get a variety of shirts for just $20, and all of them come in the super soft style, and the price you see includes all sizes and shipping. Get 10% off two or more shirts with the promo code SHIRTS10. Go to bodyslamclothes.com right now to check it out. And join Joey Jarzenka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Monday nights for the Primetime Rundown. They take you through the world of sports, and the show kicks off each Monday at 7 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, Al Carl hosts the Essential Wrestling Podcast alongside John Smith, myself, John DeConi, and Gary Mahaffey. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Here are our analysis on who we think is going to win the week's matches. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. And the Body Slam Brigade newsletter, currently going out to over 4,200 people each Friday. It consolidates all the top stories in professional wrestling into a quick-to-read email written by me for you for free. Sign up now at bodyslambrigade.com. And of course, this show, the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday, and occasionally on Friday. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or watch us live on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. This is the Daily Wrestling News Show, and we thank you for your support. Okay, into the headline portion of the show. And as mentioned, we're going to kick right back into SummerSlam talk because Bodyslam.net's Cassidy Haynes is at it again with an exclusive report that there is fear within WWE and AEW that we might be looking at a return of COVID restrictions that forced WWE back into the Thunderdome and AEW back to Jacksonville. Further, Haynes said that there is a feeling within WWE that SummerSlam might even get canceled. Boy, does it seem heart far-fetched for that to happen, but I don't know. When I listen to uh, some of the, th- the reports about the state of Las Vegas from Dave Shear, who owns PW Insider and actually lives in Vegas, he's saying about the hospitals are full and people are in the hallways again. So there could be something to this story. I don't know, but man, does it seem like it would be a real rough thing to see the country go this way, and put the restrictions in place that would uh, restrict live events again. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to take a step backwards. I don't know. I really don't know. Like, we're not here to give our opinions on 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 the restrictions and stuff. But like, when it comes to WWE, like canceling SummerSlam, I couldn't imagine them canceling it. I could see Las Vegas canceling the yeah. event, but yeah. then they would just go to to the Thunderdome. There's no way we're not getting the show on August 21st. I believe maybe right. that might bump it up by a week or something. 
because of scheduling or something like that, but I don't see Kansas show altogether. Yeah, I don't, I really don't either, but I think it'll be like a domino effect. If we see other things that start getting canceled, there's a big Pacquiao fight that weekend, then you may have the venue get closed. Of course, they'll still put on SummerSlam. It'll be from the, the CWC or the Amway Center or something like that. And there'll be no fans or something, but boy, I hope we don't get to that point. Like you said, it's not, it's not our job here to comment on the politics of the day and what's going to happen with COVID and stuff like that. But I hope that we don't have to go there. When it comes to that Pacquiao fight, it's like, there's so much more money involved in boxing. I cannot imagine them canceling that altogether. Vegas is going to lose way too much money if that thing gets canceled. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's a downer story for SummerSlam, but let's lift ourselves back up. The Von Ericks have challenged Tom Lawler to a War Chamber match on September 11th in Dallas. The War Chamber is MLW's version of War Games. So Von Ericks did a promo from Kauai talking to their dad, the last of the Von Ericks, Kevin. And he's like, what do we do? And he said, you've got to do some, you got to have a big blow off match now, I guess, basically they got to get Tom Lawler's face and war games. There's enough of those to go around for every promotion, John. Yeah. I don't know why they all got to call it war or something, but <laughs> or I guess it was blood and guts. Wasn't it over in AEW? So okay. yeah, got there. good on that. Good on that. But I don't think WWE should have, should have used the name war games. Like also, I think they should have come up with something else. But you know, they, they kept a lot of the similar concepts and I don't, I don't not sure what MLW does here, but the WWE war games is not exactly the same as the original NWA war games. That original version had a top on the cage. WWE does it. It was always five on five. Sometimes WWE does four on four. So there's differences. And I think it's usually always WWE is always four and four, isn't it? I believe so. But I think the first one had a top on it. I feel like I, in my mind, I see somebody holding top of the cage from the undisputed era and falling from it. Okay. Yeah. So they've changed it up a little bit. So it's not exactly the same thing, but yeah, it's, and even NWA used to call it war games was like the first part. And then when everybody got in, it would be called the match beyond. And they don't really refer to that as much anymore. I think they did the AEW of blood and guts. They tried to invoke that a little bit, but. Yeah. And then so in that one, somebody had to give up in yes. ICW. Yes. Was there was no pin or submission. It was like verbal surrender. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So that's the, the Von Ericks and the MLW and war games. GCW has announced that they're going to be running emo night in queens new york on 9 23 it's one day after aew has their largest crowd at arthur ash stadium so that'll be fun it's smart of them to piggyback on we talked about on yesterday's show that chicago is so hot right now with all the different shows that they have and gcw they've got a whole bunch of shows that week that all outs in town so it makes sense hit hit your hit your wagon to the the hot show in town and there's already people going to wrestling yeah, I don't know what emo has to do with wrestling. I don't know what emo night is supposed to be. Like, are they, instead of hitting each other, cutting themselves? <laughs> John, GCW is a different breed of cat. <laughs> they have a lot of different themed shows. I'm sure this will be just one of the many themed shows. Ric Flair, he's on the open market now. We talked about him being released earlier this week. That story was out. But what's interesting is yesterday, WWE made their official statement. They did not wish him the best at all his future endeavors, which seems a little out of character for them. I'm not sure if I'm going to read between the lines there, but 
Flair would go on to say on social media that he would, he says, I want to make it really clear that I'm not upset with WWE at all. They solely are responsible for putting me in the position of life that I'm in right now, where I'm seeing, where I'm seen in the brightest light possible. We have a different vision for my future. I wish them nothing but continued success. So Flair future endeavored them. <laughs> I love that perspective. I don't see Flair going to any other wrestling promotion as like a full-time worker or contracted, but you know, we'll definitely see him making appearances somewhere. There's got to be a reason that, that this happened. Yeah, in the back of my head, I just have him wanting to do something like a one night, a one time thing, and it being not in WWE not allowing it in his contract. So he got out of the contract to do this one time thing. And then maybe he'll come right back. But I also think that maybe he didn't like the Lacey Evans angle and she'll have a baby before long to probably come back to work. So but I loved that angle, to be honest with you. You got the brakes put on it because she got pregnant in real life, but you know, that. I loved where it was going. I, I don't know where exactly it was going to end, but, you know, it was fun. But can you imagine if he was still under contract after she comes back, they're going to have segments of him holding the baby at the back and stuff like that. It's going to be, I'm sure he didn't want to get involved with that. And then Snitsky comes back and punts the baby. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. Another sad news story here. Jody Hamilton, the assassin, passed away at the age of 82 yesterday. I have to admit, I don't know much about Jody's in-ring work at all. I do remember him being brought up in Diamond Dallas Page's uh, Hall of Fame speech. And WWE even wrote yesterday or this morning on their website when they're in their tribute that after a lengthy wrestling career, he would go on to train wrestlers like Diamond Dallas Page. Kevin Nash, The Big Show, and Goldberg. So those are some pretty legendary names if he had a hand in their careers and getting started and stuff. That's a good legacy. Yeah, I don't know how much I'd brag about training Diesel, Big Show, and Goldberg's wrestling. But the thing about, at least when you look at Goldberg and you look at Big Show, right? And maybe Dallas Page to a smaller extent. You're taking somebody who had no wrestling background whatsoever and got them TV ready, at least. Now they... Big Show and Goldberg, they, Big Show has been out. He's not, was not refined as a wrestler until he came to WWE. And then he had to go do OVW and stuff. But they got him to a position where he could be on WCW TV and he could wrestle Hogan and those guys. Goldberg, same story. We already talked about He had limited moveset and stuff like that. But they got him TV ready and he was a heck of a character and he was really over. Credit where credit's due. I guess they, they got him enough to be on TV. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Adam Cole, baby, which is a lot of, a lot of talk about Adam Cole in the most uh, recent episodes in uh, the past few days because his contract ran out last month and then they extended it till after SummerSlam weekend. But Fightful Select added more to the story yesterday. They said that Cole has not been formally offered a new contract yet, but they were told by a person of influence that it's obviously planned. So. Hopefully NXT can sign Adam Cole because he is a franchise player with that brand. Yeah, he's one of those guys that I like. I'd like to see picked as one of the NXT lifers. Johnny Gargano is. Please don't move to the main roster. Stay where you are. Be a 12-time NXT champ, please. My only worry is that Vince isn't going to shell out the money that AEW is willing to pay him. Because yeah. I think that would be, I think, a bigger signing than CM Punk, to be honest with you. Because you got a guy in his prime with many years ahead of him, and he's one of the top five probably in the world right now. Yeah, Cole is probably, you get more bang for your buck 
than you would with CM Punk. CM Punk, look, they're probably going to make their money on CM Punk in the first month that he's there. That's they're going to pay his con pay for his contract with additional pay per view buys and then also selling out the United Center like that. The Delta profit that they're going to make on those two events alone probably pay for CM Punk. Adam Cole would be more of a long term play. They should, you know, if they were to shell out money to bring him in because he's not, you know, there's a good story there with Kenny Omega, Bullet Club, and all that stuff. So Adam Cole would be great anywhere he goes, but I feel like NXT doesn't want to lose him. So they should put the money forward and get a package. They were able to keep Samoa Joe, but they didn't even let Samoa Joe get on the market. So if there's that motivation, then they'll keep him. Yeah, and Samoa Joe isn't as big of a free agent. I love Samoa Joe, but he's not the name that Adam Cole is current, in my opinion. And, some, and Samoa Joe, is it's not really the same as CM Punk. I feel like Samoa Joe was probably going to work more matches than CM Punk will. But it certainly Adam Cole could work every night. You know. Oh yeah, Samoa Joe. It seems like he's going to be the next champ, so we're going to be uh, seeing a full time workload for him. They don't. The champ doesn't wrestle every week in NXT. Yeah, he needs a tag partner, so that he doesn't have to do all the heavy lifting every time. <laughs> so. Final headline for this week before we uh, get into some other stuff: Tomohiro Ishii is going to be wrestling Moose on New Japan Pro Wrestling's Resurgence show which is their Los Angeles show, the one that we can't get English commentary on New Japan World that Travis and I are so upset about. But Moose, walking through the forbidden door, John. Hey, that makes me interested. I'm going to watch the show now. I probably wasn't even, like, I probably I hadn't even heard of this show until Moose was part of it. I follow Moose on Twitter. I love, I love seeing what he's got to say on Twitter. He's, he's, got, he's always got his good workout pictures. He's a freaking beast, man. But yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And apparently this she guy hasn't worked in the States before. He has worked in the States before, but certain that not since the pandemic. He's, so this is a, an arrival, so to speak, of him. And the fun thing about Ishii is he, his character is the stone pit bull. He is a workhorse in the ring. He's like thick, he's a thick guy. And he just, man, you're going to know it if you were in the ring with Ishii. When you're done, your, your high angle suplexes. Just a really stiff, tough match. Moose is going to feel this the next day. So it should be good. should be fun. And Moose, I oh, I, I think Moose is on the rise still. I, I think he's a future Impact champion yet to, yet to be crowned here. Let's talk about a little bit from NXT last night. Not a ton of news came out of NXT from last night, John. But hey, Indy Hartwell, love her or lose her match. Gargano got it done, so apparently Indy Hartwell has to walk away from Dexter Lewis, except she didn't. She back, ran back to the ring, hit Dexter Lewis with a Luthez press, and started making out with him to close the show. Yeah, this is your classic, oh, my parents hate the bad boys, so I'm going to go after the bad boys situation. And the second it was like, oh, you... Once it's off the table, she's like, nope, not anymore. <laughs> I love that. I did not see that coming, to be honest with you. The fun part is that it's it's actually because the way is partly a comedy act. And they've done their whole, like, Gargano family events, the dinners and things like that. They have to keep in the way. And they have to bring Dexter Loomis to these dinners because what comedy gold that will be, so... <laughs> I think they, set up, they set up like a little tiny kid's chair at the corner of a four-person table where they have to squeeze him in. Like, the, come on, can you make him part of the family? No, he's not one of us. I, I love all everything that could happen. 
And Johnny starts talking to him and Dexter says nothing because that's what he, that's all he can say. And Johnny acts like he can understand them. And that it's, yeah. NXT will return to USA Network next week. They were on Sci-Fi last night, which uh, may have messed up people's DVRs. It, it didn't mind, but I was able to catch it. And Cole and Kyle O'Reilly in a face-to-face moderated by William Regal. Raquel Gonzalez will break her silence. Emperor Moon versus Saray. And Ilya Dragunov has jumped the pond and he'll be in the house next week on NXT. They didn't say he was going to have a match, but he will be there. So, Yeah, just uh, trying to hype up the match between him and Walter for TakeOver. Exactly. Exactly. Then Zoe Stark and Io Shirai, they had a funny lunch date. And <laughs> and this is the new, this is, they're doing a nice job here because they, last week and the previous few weeks, they had the LA Knight and the Cameron Grimes funny bits. Now it seems like they're going to move into a more serious in-ring thing and whatever. So they've, they're subbing in Zoe Stark and Io Shirai to take over the comedy segment. And it worked fine. It was good. Yeah, I got a chance to actually watch it during the opening and then during the commercial. But yeah, no, it was funny. The throwing the squid against the wall, spitting the food out. It reminded me of the mutton episode of uh, Seinfeld. When he goes to eat the mutton and he's got the, the napkins in his pockets and then the dogs are chasing him down the street. <laughs> Yeah, so well, he's done there. Uh, John, anything else from NXT that you thought was that is newsworthy that we need to bring up on the show today? No, good promo by Dakota Kai. You know, let's all say about that. There was a good explanation. Like, it, it wasn't just point A, point B, point C. She like really went in depth, and I I liked that about it. Whenever they have these pre-taped ones, these like this was pre-taped for sci-fi. Their production value seems to increase a bit, and that makes sense because they're not dealing with the live aspect of it. So I like these pre-taped promos. They always do a good job of telling the story. Unfortunately, they lose the live element of it. And a lot of times things get spoiled online, but we also had the in-ring return of Rich Holland and boy, he destroyed Ikemon Jiro. So that was the end of that. (laughs) Yeah. When you lose in the first round of the breakouts tournament, you end up having to be in action for Rich Holland. (laughs) Poor Ikemon Jiro. He'd like lost his uh, jacket gimmick and everything because Rich Holland pulled it right off. So. That's going to be like the equivalent of pulling a luchador's mask off. Come on. <laughs> Ground disqualification. Man, if he didn't want it pulled off, he'd have it zipped up. Ah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, John, any words of advice for the people? I do have one more fantasy football word of advice for everybody, and it's stop taking quarterbacks early. You're going ahead and spending a third round pick on Patrick Mahomes when you can go get yourself a stud wide receiver like Mike Evans. And then you go and grab, say... I don't know, Tom Brady in the 11th round because he's going to throw the ball all over the place. Like, why are you going to go and spend so much draft capital on a quarterback when there's a, if this is one quarterback leagues, by the way, not two quarterback leagues, two quarterback leagues, you got to go first round on a quarterback or else you're going to end up with crap. But in a regular league, you got to wait till the 11th round. Wait till there's nine quarterbacks off the board before you're even thinking about taking. Fair enough. Fair enough. So you need the running backs and the wide receivers in the early rounds for sure. All right. I think we've done it for the day. For John, I'm Ryan. We will see you tomorrow. John DeConi in the house tomorrow.